This is a very exciting topic, a very important topic, the topic of free speech. And let's jump right into the Rambam's words. This is chapter 5 of the laws of Teshuvah. And it's interesting that this topic comes into the laws of Teshuvah repentance. Aleph, let's see what, what Rambam says. Rishus lechol odom nesuna. Permission is given to each person. Rishus is literally permission. In this context, free will is given to every person. This is, uh, comes from Pirkei Avot, Ethics of the Fathers. Harishus nesuna. Free will is given. If a person wants to turn himself towards the path of goodness, and to be a righteous person. The choice is in his hand. He has that capacity. And if he wants to turn himself to a path that is the opposite of good, and to be the opposite of righteous, that choice is in his hand to make. This is right there in Genesis, chapter 3, verse 22. That after Adam and Eve ate from the free fruit, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, God says that the human has become like one of us to know good and evil. What does that mean? This human species is singular in the world. It's unique. No other species is like it. In this matter, to know on his own, with his, with his mind and with his thought, to know what is good and what is evil. And to do whatever he desires. There is no one to stop him. From doing the good or the evil. And since, this is what going back to that scene, after Adam and Eve eat from the fruit of the tree of good and evil, this is when God says, now they have freedom of choice. There's nothing to stop them. We, they now have freedom of choice. I can't stop them from going and eating from the tree of life. So this is halacha one of this chapter on freedom of choice. Laying down the foundation that every person has the freedom of choice to do either good or evil, and nobody can stop him. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. I mean, feel free to comment, but I, I feel like a lot of issues will probably get be addressed. But right, right, okay, sure. So we'll, you know, feel free to jump in if you feel like it's something immediate. Okay, halacha to al yavoi b'machshaf dechod dover zesha imnim tipshe umoisa oilam. Let it not even pass through your mind. This thing that the fools of the nations of the world, and the majority of the undeveloped ones among the children of Israel, 
Don't let this thought that is held by many enter your mind. And what is this thought that should not enter your mind? The false notion that God decrees upon a person from the beginning of his creation whether he's going to be righteous or whether he's going to be wicked. So apparently this was a belief that was pretty widespread, even among Jews. Says the Rambam ain hadavar kain. That matter is not so. Every single person has the capacity to be like, to be a tzaddik, a righteous person, like Moses, our teacher. On the one hand, or on the other hand, he can be as wicked as Jeroboam. He can be wise, he can be a fool, he can be merciful, he can be cruel, he can be stingy or generous. And so with all other character traits and attributes. There is no one who can force him. Nobody who can decree upon him. And there is no one even who is pulling him in either of these directions. He himself, from his own mind, is drawn to one path, the path that he desires. This is what Jeremiah said. This is from the book of Eicha, Lamentations. From the mouth of the one above, from the Most High, meaning from God. Whether a person is going to be good or evil, it does not come as a decree from the mouth of God. God neither commands and decrees that a person will be good, nor that he will be evil. If that is so, since it is so, so the person who sins, he is causing his own loss. He has nobody to blame. He has to, to own it and take responsibility. Therefore, and therefore, it is proper for him to cry and lament over his sins. And what he did for his, to his soul. And the evil consequences that he brought upon his soul. So now we see how this issue of freedom of choice comes in and as the fifth chapter of the laws of repentance. Because a person who doesn't believe in freedom of choice, why would he repent? He'll say, yeah, I made mistakes, but it wasn't my fault. This was my destiny. This was predestined. I had no control over it. But if you believe in freedom of choice, then you say, oh, yeah, look what I did. I did that with my free choice. I did that. And therefore, it's proper for me to do teshuva, to repent, to regret it. And thus it says, after that verse, where it says that God is not the one who decides what we're going to do, the very next verse says, of what should a, li- a living man be aggrieved? A man of his sins. So the following verse follows up and says, if it's true that God is not in charge of what we do with our moral decisions, follow up to that is, 
we need to be aggrieved of our own sins. Since this is in our power, it was by our our decision to do these evils. It's appropriate for us to return with repentance to abandon our wickedness because this choice is presently in our hand. And the very next verse after that, so the third verse, in these three verses from Jeremiah, from Lamentations, which, by the way, we're going to be reading, God forbid, if Mashiach is not here. We read last year Tisha B'av. Jews have been reading on Tisha B'av for thousands of years. This book of Eicha, we're going to... Um, Nach besadrachenu means, let us search and examine our ways, v'nashuva, and let us repent. So Rambam is explaining how do we get from that from God's mouth no good or evil decision about the person's moral decisions comes out. From there we get to these other verses regarding repentance. Gimel, third, Halacha. This matter is a major fundamental principle. It's the pillar of the Torah, mitzvah and the mitzvah. Shenemar, from Deuteronomy, where God says, look, I've placed before you life and good, death and evil. It's before you. It's your choice. Before, behold, I have set before you today the blessing and the curse telling us that the choice is ours. So Rambam is showing from Torah itself that Torah lays down this principle of freedom of choice. Whatever a person wants to do from the actions of men, he can do, whether good or evil. Another verse. So therefore it says, if only their hearts would always remain this way. In other words, God is, it's not in God's control. He's like praying, so to speak, that so should it be. He's hoping. God does not force a person. Does not decree upon them to do good or evil. Everything is left to their choice. So in the first three halachas, the Rambam lays down what the story is. He, he backs himself up with many verses from the Torah, from Jeremiah, from Deuteronomy. And now he will go into um, a further point about this idea of freedom of choice. Halacha Dalad. So this is like a logical argument coming. If it was true that God does decree upon a person whether he's going to be wicked or righteous, if there was something that draws a person from birth to one of these ways, or for some way of, of thinking, of some trait or another, or some action or other, and 
as the fools who believe in astrology, they imagine that all this kind of destiny, this is what your destiny is, you, go, you have to be like this, you have no choice. If the, what they're saying is true, how is it possible? Why, how, how can God command us through his prophets to do this and not do that? And when they tell us, improve your ways, do not follow your wickedness. What is the point of these admonishments? They're pointless. It's already been decreed upon this person, according to this false belief. That this is what's going to be. The way he was born, according to this false belief, is drawing him to this thing that he cannot move away from. And this is a very memorable, powerful line from this chapter. What place would there be? What purpose would there be for the entire Torah? And secondly, by what judgment and what justice is there in punishment of the wicked or, um, or giving reward, paying reward to the righteous. This is paraphrasing Abraham who said to God, would the judge of all the earth not do justice? Okay, so, the, so here the Rambam just gave us a couple of logical arguments where if you're going to say that there's no freedom of choice, then you're basically denying the whole idea of the Torah because the whole idea of the Torah is to admonish us to do better. If we can't do better, there's no point in the Torah. There's no point in communicating God's will to the prophets to tell us to do better. We can't. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, there's, it would be unjust. How could God punish the wicked if they didn't really have a choice? And why would God reward the righteous if they didn't have a choice? Now the Rambam makes another point. Now he's going to address a question. Don't wonder and say, How is it possible that a person is going to do everything he wants? His deeds are in his control. Can it be that something will happen in this world without God's permission? without its creator's permission, and that is not God's will? Can that be? Oh, why not? Oh, Ramam says, because the verse tells us differently. In Psalms 135, verse 6, it says, Whatever God desires, He made on the heaven and earth. Da. Sorry, so, so to, to, to finish the question, how could it be that things are going to be happening in this world that are against God's will? It doesn't 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 seem doesn't seem right. So the Rambam explains, "Da, you should know, everything does happen in accord with His will." Even though our our deeds are in our control. Both of these things that seem to conflict, they're both true and they coexist. How so? Rambam will now explain. Ketzad. How so? Says the Rambam, Just as God wants for fire and wind to rise upward, that's their nature. 
and for water and earth to descend downward, that's their nature, and the heavenly spheres revolve in a circular orbit, and so with the other creatures of the world, that they should, they should behave in the way that they behave, the way that God programmed them, the way God desired for them to behave, in the very same way, he wants that the human should have free will. So it's not a question of, well, how is it possible that this is happening against God's will? Well, that is God's will. God desires a creature that can do what he or she wants. This is why a person is judged according to his actions. If he does good, he gets good stuff. And if he does evil, the opposite happens. This is what the prophet Malachi says. He says, This has been the doing of your hands. You're responsible for what happened. They also have chosen their own paths. This is from Isaiah. Now he quotes from King Solomon, Exiliastes. Young man, rejoice in your youth. But you should know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. You do what you want. But there will be a consequence for it. So, in this halacha, a long one, halacha dalid, again, Rambam lays down the principle of freedom of choice, that without which, Torah doesn't make sense, justice doesn't make sense, and he also answers the question that may be bugging you in your mind and say, well, how could it be that there is a being going against God's will? And he answers, this is God's will for this creature. Just as he desires for fire to go up and earth to go down. And for the, he doesn't use this example, but every creature has its nature that God implanted it with, that he programmed it with. This is God's desire for the human being to have this capacity. All right, I, I, I can't look. <laughs> So he's making a meta statement here, and um, and uh, it's a question whether that's that's coherent or not. So I mean, there's a couple questions here, which I address. <laughs> First, the concept of evil. God is so perfect. How do you competitive? I mean, that's a fundamental question. And so, so the second thing is like it's almost like he's he's begging the question: Why would why would a human being choose evil? It's irrational. He's answering the question. That you should not, and so he's just kind of assuming that's our nature to kind of gravitate toward good rather than evil. I mean, there's almost assumption of kind of rationality or kind of divine or spiritual rationality in our nature to be aligned with the with good. Or, yeah, I mean, I didn't get that uh, necessarily. That you know, it's it's. Uh, I mean, he's not addressing it here, but obviously, the human being God created us with with both the good inclination and the evil inclination, and Ultimately, we have the choice of which one to follow, and uh, right. the, you know the question of 
you know, the existence of evil, also there, you know, God is creating the challenge for us. So he's not denying that there is a challenge, but he is, he is emphasizing that there's no predetermined outcome to right. how, how we're going to face that challenge. Now, does he have the kind of a probabilistic concept here that evil, that, that, that uh, you know, our task is to kind of ele- elevate evil, so-called evil, to, to uh, goodness? I mean, is that... Right, in- right. I mean, he's not addressing it here, but this, this wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be mutually exclusive. And so that's the deeper kind of reason of that, that's our, that, are, that, are, that is our choice, because we have a task to kind of, uh, to, uh, you know, re, re, uh, re, redeem the world. I mean, there's no, there's a, a certain a choice between here, but, but evil, evil can be transformed into good, to a good, that's not it's really discussed here. He doesn't really imply right. inherent. Right, he doesn't. He doesn't get into that part of the philosophy of why evil exists and and what the the benefit is. Okay, all right. Sorry for the future. No worries. No worries. Okay, now here he gets to the really thorny question. Um, that many have asked, and let's see what he says. Here's a big question about freedom of choice. God knows everything that's going to be. And before it happens, He knows that this is what's going to happen. I forgot the fancy term for this question. And he knows that this person is going to be uh, righteous or wicked. So the question is, does God know or does God not know? If God knows that he's going to be righteous, then it's impossible for him not to be righteous. And if you're going to say God knows he's going to be righteous, but he still could be wicked, then God doesn't really know. So that's the question. There seems to be a conflict between the idea that God knows everything, past, present, and future, and free choice. It seems to be a conflict. Says the Rambam, The answer to this question, I'm not going to be able to answer you with one paragraph or even two or even a chapter or even a book. He says, It is, its measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. The Kama Ikarim Gedolim there are many great principles, vaharrarim, ramim, and lofty concepts, tluyimba, that are related to it. But you need to know and understand this thing that I'm telling you. So he's not going to answer the question straight on, but he's going to give you a answer in a different way. Here's what he says. We've already explained in the second chapter of the laws of the foundations of the Torah. That God does not know things through a, through a knowing that is outside of Him. Like humans whose 
being and their knowing is two separate things. Rather, God, He and His knowing is one. And the human mind cannot grasp this concept well. Just as it is impossible for the human being, the finite human being, to grasp the the uh, the ultimate truth of the Creator. As God told Moses in Exodus thirty three twenty, "No man can see me and live." So just as there's no way to really know God and remain alive, so too it's impossible for a human being to grasp and understand the way God knows things. Because God's knowing and himself are one. So just as you can't understand God, you can't understand the way he knows things. This is what Isaiah said which we read on fast days also. Your thoughts are not my thoughts, says God. Your ways are not my ways. So what does it mean? The way that you think, in other words, not just we have different thoughts. I'm thinking about one thing, you're thinking about something else. No, our process of thinking is different. The human process and the godly process is different. Since that is the case, we don't have the strength or the power, or the capacity to know. How is it possible that God knows all the creations and all the deeds? We can't know that. How, how, how God does that? But we know without doubt. We know that the actions of man are in the Hands of man. God does not pull him nor decree upon him to do such and such. And it is not only by accepting a religious doctrine of faith that we know this. But from clear proofs from the words of wisdom. And because of this, it is stated in the prophecies that a person is judged on his actions and on his deeds, whether good or evil. And this is a major principle upon which all the words of the prophecies are dependent. And that is the entire chapter, chapter 5 of Teshuvah, where the Rambam deals with the issue of freedom of choice. Chapter 6, he's going to continue on this. And so there's more for the Rambam to say on it. Um, chapter 7, he will continue on, on this topic and, and come to uh, some, you know, based on what we've learned, here's what you need to do. So the first two chapters, 5 and 6, are the, the philosophy of freedom of choice. And then in chapter 7, he'll get to, well, if all of this is true, this is what we, we need to do. So I'll stop there and open it up to questions and or comments. Hello, Vakasha.
Uh, I got a question, just in the comment too. Uh, my question is uh, the, uh, that God is not basically directing the action of a man. How about in case of Balaam, he was going to curse Israel, but he changed and he put his words in that, you know, because obviously he was going to be evil to me, you know, and uh, but he, God didn't let him do it. He, he changed, is it, or, or he changed his mind and he decided to, what in this case happened? This is a great question. Um, there actually is interesting. There you do see the idea. That's this week's Parsha. Um, we do see the concept of freedom of choice where God lets Bilam go with, with the people who want to curse the Jews. But ultimately God, as you said, does not allow him to curse the Jews. So on the one hand, you see freedom of choice that God is not preventing him from leaving his house, God could just, you know, uh, lock him in. No, he's allowed to go, and he gets all these warnings along the way, you know, maybe you should turn back, but he doesn't get the hint. But in the end, as you say, freedom of choice is removed from him, and he cannot curse the Jews. And what I would say is that when it comes to, um, I think the Rambam is making a very um, broad statement, but certainly there are, exceptions and i think one of the major exceptions is um what we are what we can do to others you know god is going to protect others even if that means taking away our freedom of, of choice um but I, th I think that in this case it's not even a matter of freedom of choice he was still choosing to curse the jews <laughs> he's st that was still his choice but he physically couldn't. God took away his, his capacity to curse the Jews. And, um, you know, had him do something else. I don't think he did it out of his free choice. He didn't choose to do that. Um, he was still choosing evil. He doesn't get any credit for it. Right? He was basically, God turned him into a robot in that moment. So I guess there can be exceptions to this rule. Especially when it comes to harming others. Where God will protect, uh, will protect others, even if our freedom of choice is leading us to do harm. If the person is deserving to be protected, we won't be able to to follow through on on our uh, evil choice. Um, and perhaps even when it comes to ourselves, God will protect us from ourselves. In, in certain circumstances, maybe not always, as the Rambam says, you know, we're responsible for whatever happens to us, but certainly. You know, if we have some merit, if we've done good things, even one good thing, as we learned earlier in Rambam, you know, the son of Yeravam, who did one good thing and, and, and he was blessed. Um, you know, maybe God, God protects us from ourselves. So I, I wouldn't, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. The Rambam seems to be making like a black and white statement that everything, that we have absolute free choice about everything. But I, I have to... I have to imagine that the Rambam would agree that there are certainly exceptions where free choice is, you know, God, God protects us from ourselves or protects others from our free choice. Thank you, Rebish. And my second comment is, you know, I was thinking about it for a long time about that, you know, and I have like some kind of primitive explanation I have for myself, you know, how does it happen that, you know, people have free choice and Hashem Abish, you know, everything to me. I had like I came up with like you know like a primitive explanation that the God looks like a software engineer, a computer programmer. He knows that if you do this, 
this will happen. If you do this, that will happen. He knows what's going to happen. And he's planning to do that. But what will happen is up to you. But the end result, God knows what happens each time. You know, he's, he's plan anyway. He's plan for you. If you're evil, that's what's going to happen. That's what he says in the Torah. If you're going to be doing good, that's what's going to happen. Hashem knows what's going to happen. Just, you know, if you do this, like a simple basic programming, you know, that will happen. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's my it's an algorithm. Right. I was right. thinking about it. What do you think? That's probably something yeah, like Yeah, that, I think right? you're, you're on to something. Wait, I think for next class, I'll go into a little bit of the Rivid. The Rivid uh, takes the Rambam to task over here and says, hey, you know, why are you raising a question and then you don't answer it? You just say, well, take it on faith. So he get, does give an answer. So we'll talk a little bit about some of the answers that are given in Jewish philosophy. Uh, but the Rambam leaves it as a matter of faith. Um, that's the way the Rambam puts it. But for next class, it's a, we'll, we'll go through some of the explanations that have been given in, um, in throughout Jewish history. But yeah, Hill, what you're saying is, is uh, definitely akin to some of the commentaries and how they, how they perceive it. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us this evening. I hope you enjoyed it, and I wish you a wonderful Shabbat, and hope to see you again Sunday for more Freedom of Choice and the Rambam.